if I were to ask the average person to describe God in a word, I'm quite sure that most persons would say, God is love. But while love is a wonderful part of God's character, yet it is not His chief characteristic or attribute. If God is nothing but love, why is there a hell? What about diseases and sicknesses and calamities and disasters? What about death? These things cannot be answered by saying merely that God is love. And many so-called preachers today reveal their utter ignorance of God by saying, in answer to that, that, well, God has nothing to do with those things. That's, that's the devil doing those things. Well, those men do err not knowing the Scriptures, such as Isaiah 45, 7 and Deuteronomy 32, 39, which Scriptures clearly say that God does do these things. And if it is as these preachers say, that God doesn't have anything to do with these things, that He doesn't want these things to happen, but the devil is doing them, then I ask, why doesn't God do something about it? Maybe the devil is stronger than He is. If He loves us so much, why doesn't He do something? You know, if folks would stop and consider these things, would, would ask those questions, they would see how foolish the modern idea of God is. You see, the average preacher has stood up so long and told everyone how much God loves them that everyone believes it. And there's now no fear of God in anyone. Why should they fear God? He loves them. And so the holy name of God is on everyone's lip, on everyone's bumper sticker, on everyone's t-shirt, on bathroom walls. Everybody talks about God, about Jesus, about the Holy Spirit, like they were talking about the man next door. And it doesn't matter who they are, what they've done, what they are doing now, how they're living, no matter how wicked or whatever. It's all right. God loves them. The preacher tells me so. Well, this whole religious world is in for a rude awakening when they face the God of the Bible. Listen to this verse of Scripture, these verses of Scripture. Proverb 1, 7. Listen very carefully. Proverb 1, 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Proverb 9, 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord. Used to be 
when you described a man or a woman who truly believed God, you would say, why, he's a God-fearing man. Not anymore. That's why anything goes today. That's why any and all manner of perversion and wickedness and religious blasphemy is accepted today. There's no fear of God today. Isn't that the popular phrase we allow our children to wear on their shirts? No fear. When the Scriptures plainly tell us to bring them up in the fear of the Lord. Well, if you'll turn to Psalm 99, the 99th Psalm, and it should be easy for you to remember later on. In 1999, let's look at Psalm 99. And while you're turning, let me say this. The prophets, the prophets in the Old Testament, such as Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, and on and on, the prophets never stood up and told anyone that God loved them. Never. You won't find it. Look for it. The apostles, yes, the apostles, never preached to anyone. They never stood up, not once, and said, Smile, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Never. You won't find it. If you'll read in the book of Acts. Now, the book of Acts is all the recorded public preaching by the apostles and even some deacons such as Stephen. In all the book of Acts, the word love is not mentioned one time. Not one time. You'll never find the apostles standing up and telling men, God loves you. And what, what, what they did stand and declare to men and women was this. Psalm 99. The Lord reigneth. Let the people tremble. The Lord reigneth. God reigns or rules, or that is, God is absolutely in sovereign control over all persons, places, and things, and events, and circumstances. God is not in our hands, as some suppose. No, sir. We are in His hands. The question is not, What will we do with God, or what will we do with Jesus? No, the question is this. What is God going to do with us? What is Jesus Christ going to do with us? He whom the Scripture says has the keys of hell and death at his side. What is he going to do with us? Our life, our breath, our soul is in his hands, not vice versa in His hands to do with as He sovereignly pleases. Now, that should put the fear of God in us. I'm still reading from Psalm 99, verses 1 through 3. The Lord reigneth, let the people tremble. He sitteth between the cherubims. Let the earth be moved or staggered. The Lord is great in Zion. He is high above all the people. Let them praise thy great and terrible name, for it is holy. There it is. There's the clearest description of God. Did you hear it? Holy. Three times he declares 
himself in this psalm as holy. God is holy. It says his name is holy. His hill is holy. His footstool is holy. Holy, holy, holy is what the seraphims continually say as they fly around the throne of God in Isaiah 6. Holy, holy, holy. More than any other description in all the Bible, this is what God Himself uses to describe Himself. Holy. Now, that means far more than you suppose it does. It means far more than moral purity, as I heard one ignorant preacher say of the holiness of God. Far more. You see... Man cannot begin to understand what holy means because we, or that is mankind, is unholy, the opposite of God. God said it Himself. He said, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts and my ways than your ways. Over and over through the book of Isaiah, God says this, To whom will you liken me or compare me? To who or what are you going to compare God to? Well, man doesn't have a clue. He said in the psalm in one place, he said, Thou thoughtest I was altogether such a one as thyself. Man thinks God is like a man, but he's not. There's no comparison. If you can understand, if we can understand what the Apostle Paul meant in Hebrews 12, verse 29, when he said this, I'm quoting Hebrews 12, 29, verbatim, or that is word for word. It said, Our God is a consuming fire. If we could understand what Paul meant when he said that, then we might, we just might come close to understanding a little bit of what it means for God to be holy. Our God is a consuming fire, he said. I ask you, when, if ever, do you hear today such terms as these in reference to God? I'm just using scriptural terms. And it uses these in this psalm and many, many other passages of Scripture. It speaks of the just God. You know, when God declares Himself, He says first, I'm a just God. The justice of God. The oldest book in all the Scripture is Job, the book of Job. Did you know that? And the question is asked in the book of Job, how can God be just? How can man be just with God? How can man be just with God? The justice of God. The wrath of God is mentioned over and over. Yes, the hatred of God. Over and over and over, God speaks of persons whom He hates. Yes, persons. I hear the silly saying that God loves the sinner but hates his sin. Well, it doesn't say that anywhere in all the Bible. It doesn't say that anywhere in all the Bible. 
As a matter of fact, there's many scriptures which declare that God hates certain people. The anger of God. God's anger. God's angry with the wicked every day, the scripture said. The vengeance of God. These terms are found throughout the Word of God, Old and New Testament, to describe God Almighty. Unless someone say or argue, well, that's the old-fashioned God. That's the God of the Old Testament. I believe in Jesus. I believe in a God who loves everyone. Well, God has never changed. He himself said in Malachi 3.6, I'm the Lord, I change not. Hebrews 13a, Jesus Christ the same, yesterday, today, and forever. The same God in the New Testament is the same God of the Old. And having read that, I've read that verse in Hebrews 12.29, our God is a consuming fire. And the whole book of the Revelation is a solemn declaration of the judgments and wrath of God. Yes, wrath of the Lamb, or that is, Jesus Christ. The wrath of Jesus Christ against an unbelieving world. Yes, wrath, judgment, and even hatred of persons. And so, one either believes this book to be the Word of God and a true description of God, written by God Himself, or you don't. And you might as well throw it away. That's what I say. Either believe it or throw it away. Bow to it or throw it away. And my advice is, if you want to listen to one preacher, listen to this advice. My advice is, stop listening to all these preachers. Open up a King James Bible to Romans chapter 1 and ask God Almighty to show you the truth, to show you who He is, what man is, and who Jesus Christ is and why He came. I hope you'll do that. Until next Sunday, good day.